In last Sunday's gospel, we found Jesus in the wilderness of Judea, tested and tempted by Satan. In this Sunday's gospel reading, Jesus is on a mountaintop being strengthened by God. It's hard to imagine two more contrasting experiences. Perhaps we can see something of our own lives reflected in these very different experiences of Jesus. We know the experience of the wilderness, times when we find ourselves struggling, being put to the test in some way. Our faith in God, in others, and maybe even in ourselves is put to the test. But hopefully there are other times when we have a sense of God's presence in our lives, times when we feel very much at peace, times when we find it easy to say with Peter in today's gospel reading, it is wonderful for us to be here. It's these kinds of experiences that this morning's gospel reading invites us to remember and celebrate. It's these undeniable moments when our Lord appears, those times when he shows up in our lives. It's these experiences of God that give us strength to endure those other times, those times of testing and suffering, those times of struggle and confusion. Can we call to mind times of special grace that put us in touch with the mystery of God? I can clearly point to several experiences in my life, one that I will briefly share with you right now. And I know that many of you have heard this before. I know that if Father Troy was here, he would stand up and say, I cannot hear this story again. I'll see you on Tuesday. But before you start to think, well, clearly, he's senile or something, doesn't he know he shared this story before? How many times are we going to have to hear the same story? Bear with me. I share the story again for a reason. It was June 2011. I was not Catholic. I had grown up Southern Baptist, and my dad was a Southern Baptist minister. The full story is much too long to share here today, so count your blessings. But I'll cut to the end. In ways that perplex me still, the Lord had brought me to Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, where I was attending the Defending the Faith Conference, defending the Catholic faith, mind you. For months I had been reading about the Catholic faith, particularly about the Eucharist. And by this time, I desired to become Catholic, but I didn't have the courage. I knew becoming Catholic would change everything. If I became Catholic, I'd lose my girlfriend, I'd lose my friends, I'd end up forfeiting my graduate assistant position at the anti-Catholic university that I was attending at the time. And worst of all, I feared the pain I would cause my parents, the possibility of losing relationship with them that thought was unbearable. But there at Franciscan University in Steubenville at the Defending the Faith Conference, during Eucharistic Adoration, the first holy hour I had ever attended, I had never heard of a holy hour before in that moment and uh, never heard of Eucharistic Adoration. But during benediction, as the priest processed throughout the field house there at Steubenville, uh, Franciscan, um, as he processed with the monstrance, 
blessing conference attendees with the Eucharist. I was the only one who wasn't kneeling. I had refused to kneel because I knew that to kneel was to believe. And if I truly believed, then that would change everything. But then, in a way that I still can't fully describe, I clearly heard the Lord speak. It wasn't an audible voice or anything like that, but it was one of the clearest messages I've ever heard. It was words of assurance. It was an invitation. An invitation to take Jesus at his word. To not doubt what he meant when he said, this is my body, this is my blood. To not fear the consequences of belief. To simply trust him, to take him at his word. That I can't go wrong in doing so. That I can never be faulted for placing my trust in him. When I heard that, well, what else did I need to hear, right? Upon hearing those words from him, I knelt, and in that moment, I knew that I wanted to remain with him. I wanted to always be where he is. It was an experience not unlike what Peter in today's gospel experienced, what he requested. Lord, it's good for us to be here. As I left there that day, I knew that the Lord had touched me. He had shown up. He had appeared to me in a profound way. He had given me the assurance that he was indeed with me and the confidence that whatever lie ahead, wherever it was that he was going to lead me, he's there, he's present every step of the way. As I said, I know many of you have heard that story or its longer version before, or you've heard me share what I think is the even more amazing second story, the truly incredible way that the Lord made his calling to the priesthood clear to me in the miraculous way he worked in my life, providing for me everything, everything that I needed to answer his call. The reason I share those stories freely and frequently, the reason I won't be quiet about it, even though when I share those stories I risk Father Troy's displeasure, the reason I remember and share these stories about such a tangible experience of God working in my life is precisely because of what our gospel teaches us today. Mark tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the mountain, and that what unfolded there was an intense moment of communion with God that had a profound effect on Jesus. The appearance of his clothes became a brilliant, dazzling white. Moses and Elijah appeared, representing the coming together of the law and the prophets, all in one place, meaning that in the person of Jesus Christ is God's fullest revelation of himself, the fulfillment of all that God had revealed of himself through the law and through the prophets. Wanting to preserve that moment, Peter cried out, it's good that we are here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But this was a moment, this was a moment that couldn't last indefinitely. And Jesus, he knew that. He knew he'd have to come down that mountain. He knew what lay ahead. In the verses immediately preceding today's gospel, Jesus was telling his disciples about the suffering and death that he would endure in Jerusalem. He knew that soon he would set his face to go to Jerusalem. And there he would pass over from this world to the Father. He would have to face into the valley of darkness, the valley of suffering and death. 
So in prayer on this mountain, Jesus was being strengthened for the journey ahead, for the valley that had to be entered. And this was something, this was something the disciples, they couldn't understand it, something they didn't want to accept. When God the Father, speaking from heaven, said to the disciples, this is my beloved son, listen to him. They were being told to listen to the words of Jesus about his own suffering and passage into glory. They were being told to listen because that would be their journey too. They would know the same suffering in their own life. They know his suffering and death, but they'd also know his resurrection, his divine life that would be imparted to them. By it, they would be transformed, transfigured, made into a new creation. This experience on that mountain with Jesus, this transfiguration, it would give them hope. So what the transfiguration of our Lord means is this. Our Lord, compassionate to the needs of his disciples, he offered to his disciples a glimpse of the resurrection as a means of hope before they were to experience his cross and theirs. When Jesus spoke about his passion, his death and resurrection, the disciples, they could understand the first two, even if they found it hard to accept. But that third one, resurrection, what did that mean? What was he talking about? Our gospel ends. They were questioning what rising from the dead meant. Resurrection was a thoroughly unknown commodity to the disciples. So in this event, in the transfiguration, Jesus revealed himself, his divine authority, and he gave a glimpse of what resurrection means. And all of it was confirmed by the very voice of the Father. So what's the point? What's the point for us? Well, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times in my life when the glory of the Lord doesn't exactly seem to be shining all around me. There are a lot of times in life when challenging themes happen. When we face exams, finals, comprehensives when we're in school. When things don't go well with friends or with the ones we love, parents and siblings, girlfriends, boyfriends, fiancés, spouses. Times when, frankly, we're just very confused. Times in life when we're tempted to say, God, where are you? Why does this have to happen to me? Why is this taking place? What the Lord is saying to us today in this look at this moment, what the Lord is saying to us through his transfiguration is this. I need to remember all of the times that I could see him, all of the times that I could see him. I need to be able to put my hands on the tangibility of those times when I did experience him. I need to be able to remember those times I had good times with those friends that I'm having trouble with now. I need to be able to recall those times with my spouse when I knew I loved them more than anything else in the world. Those times with my children when I knew I was so glad that my life was coursing through them and they gave me life just by being. You see, in his transfiguration, Jesus teaches us the meaning 
of resurrection. Jesus shows us the resurrection always envelops everything that went before, if you allow yourself to see it while you're going through it. He reminds us that as Christians, when we're under attack by all sorts of other forces and people and institutions, we need only to remember that in fact, we have experienced his love. To know him is to experience him and intimately want to share him. The power of God's grace in the transfiguration is that there is no time in our lives when we can't pause and say, okay, I'm grieving the loss of a loved one. Well, that means that the Lord has blessed me with time with that loved one, time that made me love them so much that it hurts to lose them. I'm feeling dry in my spiritual life. Right, well, I wouldn't know what dry was if I hadn't first experienced something difficult, something different before. Clarity, connection, intimacy, closeness, union, relationship with the Lord in my life. I'm feeling lonely. Right, lonely. That means you know what it's like not to have the fellowship of people you care about, people God put in your life through whom you received his love. So you see, our lack will always point to the abundance we have had. And being able to recall those times in our lives when we, when we received God's abundance, they are what helps us endure those times of lacking, those times of difficulty, pain, suffering, and confusion. And that's why I share those same stories so freely and frequently. That's why I need to recall them, remembering the ways he has worked in my life, his abundance that I have received, the blessings and miracles of his grace in my life. Recalling his love that he has clearly shown to me, that's the only way I'm able to get through those other times when his love isn't as clear to me. Those times when I've allowed life circumstances to so obscure and hide his love from me that frankly, it's hard to recognize that he's even there. In the transfiguration, Jesus shows us all that is available in him. Fullness of joy, life everlasting, resurrection. In the transfiguration, our Lord is saying, take down all of the stuff that has been put up in front of your experience of Christ and see the Christ you have experienced. And then, don't let it go because it's what the world is hungering for. It's what the world needs to hear and to know about. This is my beloved son. Listen to him and no one else, including that voice inside of you that says, don't listen. Listen to Jesus here on this mountain and especially in the valley along the way to Jerusalem. If we're attentive, if we listen to him, will hear echoes of that loving call of God all along the way. The eyes of our faith allow us to see the presence of the next world in this world, the presence of eternity and time. And it's above all in the Eucharist that we can sense the presence of eternity and time. Our risen heavenly Lord is present to us under the form of bread and wine. And our presence of the Eucharist is akin to the presence of the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but anytime there's adoration and the 
monstrance is placed on the altar, often it's placed on a pedestal. And that pedestal is called a Tabor. And it's named after Mount Tabor, the mountain where the, Lord's where, where the disciples experienced the Lord's transfiguration. So it's meant to call a parallel to that experience, right? This experience of the disciples with the Lord being transfigured. We experience that every time we adore our Lord on the altar. As we allow the Lord to touch us in the Eucharist today, just as he touched his disciples on that mountain, we're enabled to take up our earthly journey with a renewed strength, with hope and a greater readiness to go wherever he leads, confident of our ultimate destination and confident of his presence with us every step along the way. May Jesus be praised now and forever. <laughs>